Hello everyone, welcome to the Artist Day show. My name is Jana Komarnitska and this is Pedro Bonato. And in this show we talk about all things creative, related to life, work, art creation, travel, and, and basically whatever comes to our mind sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, uh, in this uh, episode, it's been a while since our last one. We actually tried to record one before, but there were some, let's say, technical difficulties. Uh, so we decided to just re-record, which means that, uh, well, we sort of know a couple things we want to talk about, but... Um, Probably it's a new episode. Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, if you're new to the show, uh, I'm a photographer, Jana is a dancer, I'm also a musician, Jana is also a choreographer, and uh, we, um, in the context with which we are recording this right now, we are in Vito close to Vitoria in the like, middle of the country in Brazil. It's like, not in the middle of the country, sorry, it's at the coast. But um, it's uh, like at a beach, very quiet setting at my parents' house. Well, it's in the middle between south and north. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what I meant, but I didn't mean the middle of the country. And uh, we were in uh, Ukraine, so a lot of the, if you are uh, like coming to the show for a while, you know that we left uh, Odessa in the south of Ukraine right before the war started. And then we went to Istanbul, and then now we're in Brazil trying to figure out uh, what to do and doing things to figure it out and uh, so um, the first thing is well welcome and uh, don't forget to subscribe to Yana's channel where this show is uh, located in case you're watching it in video if you are if you want you can also listen to it as a podcast just search for uh, artist date and uh, you will find us on Spotify Apple music Google music uh, all the platforms um, so that you can take us on the road with you and uh, so with the that three months were quite uh, hectic and different because we started the show uh we actually started it uh, in symbolically kiev. in kiev the day before we traveled and a lot of our work and lifestyle is uh we call it modified vagabonding it's like <laughs> i didn't know call it that that's a good idea modified <laughs> vagabonding i like it more yeah. modern style yeah roll so. pots uh so it's not like with uh, backpacks only but uh, going for extended period of time to different countries working finding things uh, to do now work is all related online so that's uh, it, actually in the very first episode we talk literally about long-term travel and how to make it uh, at least how we managed to do it uh, to make it happen but uh, last three months since the beginning of war in ukraine it hit uh, a hard uh, uh, both uh, our plans and our mindset. mindset. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ukrainian, my family is still in Ukraine, we spend a lot of time in Ukraine, lived there in different cities for a while too, it was on our traveling map uh, quite extensively too, and our plans were actually to stay in Ukraine much longer, and then we were deciding where exactly to go, which is probably at some point we'll be an another uh, episode two that was quite what? a period uh, of period? navigating where exactly to go at that point and you mean uh, from ukraine yeah from ukraine and our regional mm. plans and how things were changing but that's something for the future at yeah, some point but uh, uh war basically uh, hit mine like emotionally very hard but also it completely changed our activities and our plans and uh, how difficult right now it is to really plan because yeah. we are kind of i mean we are in theory traveling we are not based really in any country so any country will be traveling but right now it's very different uh reason and even mindset and flow of activities what we were doing and the first few months were absolutely kind of all personal work activities almost were put on hold and it was only everything about war and how we can help and that's when one of your projects so the idea of the project was born out mm. and then uh, about months each ago you actually released the, this yeah. project and uh, now it's also going moving forward transforming okay how we can uh, do our activities because we still have work we still need to make sure things happen and at the same time we define this new reality of what is happening in the world and specifically in our world uh, which is very closely connected also to Ukraine 
Yeah, the, um, so what Yana's talking about is the singlet that um, I was able to, to create um, and with Yana's help in um, over like as soon as the war broke out we were in this apartment in uh, Istanbul trying to decide and then I came up with you get this helpless uh, sensation of oh, what can I do to help and all that and then uh, one of the, the ideas that uh, appeared there and then as we were here in Brazil over, I guess, month of April, I basically designed a book. It's a photo book. I'll show you. It's, um, it's very cool. I used a company called Blurb that does um, print on demand. So basically, when a person buys the book, they print and they send it to people. And this book, since I'm a photographer and I photographed dancers, uh, belly dancers, throughout the world, like hundreds of them. And then, um, so I have this body of work of, photo of, uh, of, uh, of uh, photos of dancers. And in this body of work, there is a bunch of uh, Ukrainian dancers. There are a lot of shots done in Kyiv, in, uh, in uh, Ukraine. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I can give my photos as a small like gift to help people. And then I think, okay, but who to help? And then I thought, okay, let's let me create something where the profits will go to women and children in Ukraine. And that is uh, this book that I made. It has Jan in the cover. Mm -hmm. And um, this was actually shot in Toronto before we started, uh, before we moved to, to Ukraine. And this book is called uh, Ventre. Ventre. Uh, Ventre in uh, Portuguese, my native language, is, uh, means the womb. So in, uh, in port like when you see belly dance, like the dance of the belly, right? It's like mm -hmm. a, a belly dance. In Portuguese, we call dança do ventre, which means if you translate literally to English, it will be dance of the womb. I think in French, they also have a, a similar version of the word. So I think it's much more, let's say, poetic. I think it's, uh, it's nice. And there was, when I was thinking about calling the book uh, uh, Ventri, I was also thinking like, how, how can I say this? Like how the word Ventri, the word womb, has like this meaning of, um, it's where beginnings start, mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's the, this idea of protection, of motherly love, of um, like accept, accepting and all that. And so it has all this, let's say, mythological underpinnings to it that no wonder one of the oldest dance forms in the world surviving and being created in different ways is related to that and it's even called that. Uh, and so I said, you know what, let me grab uh, the photos that I really like throughout the years that I took, I'll just open the book so you can guys can take a look. For example, uh, here are like two Ukrainian dancers shot in, uh, in, in Kyiv um, a few years ago. Um, there's images in Cyprus and uh, everywhere. It's like, it's a very cool, uh, here's Yana. Uh, it's a very cool uh, photo book with uh, 56 dancers uh, from I think 15 different countries mm -hmm. uh, that I contacted and said, can I use your images in this book that I'm creating? And they said, yes, of course. And then um, we published it in the beginning of May, end of April, beginning of May, and then it's been a month. And uh, we were able to raise about uh, like 600 bucks, uh, 600 US dollars of profits from the book. Um, just paying for printing, shipping, uh, and then uh, people from like from Canada, United States, Germany, um, France, a lot of people like from all over uh, bought the book, and they even took like little photos of of the book. It was very cool to see, and they sent me, and we put it on social media. So um, it was the way that I found one of the ways that I found to start. Like instead of, as they say, instead of cursing to the darkness, you light a candle. So even if it's a little thing, and um, and then uh, we released the book, and then after we got a little bit of that money, we decided to choose a charity um, to give money to, and uh, we actually ended up choosing um, for this month. So the idea is, um, as we accumulate a little bit of cash every month or every two months or something, we'll choose a different charity and report back to you. You can, if you would like to get the book. You can find it at pedrobonato.com slash ventre, V-E-N-T-R-E. But if you go on my website, pedrobonato.com, you'll see links there uh, to, to get the book. And then we'll send it uh, right there for you. And also there are links at 
yanadance.com slash support dash Ukraine. Mm -hmm. There are links to if you'd like, oh, well, I'm not interested in the book. I'm interested in how doing, giving some help directly. Uh, you can do it there. There are many uh, institutions you can help. And uh, we chose for this month the um, uh, um, Save the Children uh, Foundation. It's a um, worldwide institution that they actually help children in difficult situations. Um, we try to vet as much as possible all the um, institutions that we were working with. And this is one that they actually have experience in many um, countries. Many countries uh, they are doing work in Ukraine. And then I thought, okay, let's. Uh, it's not that much money, but it's uh, something. So um, it's very nice to see. You never know the impact that um, that your contribution will help so will do so I'm very uh, like uh, I won't say proud it's not a word but I'm happy that I was able to to give um, uh, like these photographs as uh, uh, in support for women children uh, in Ukraine there's so much right now in my mind to, <laughs> to add um, there's something also for me that uh, calls, I don't know, my attention comes to it again and again and again. Um, connecting three things, the name of the that you cho chose for book and very, very cool um, like preface text that you mm. wrote, really touching. And I actually received a couple messages from people who purchased the book, mm. how much touched they were by what you wrote and your words. But um, connecting the title of the book, the fact that it's belly dance photography and the fact that its support goes to women and children yes. too. So of course, the title of Ventry, Womb, like a rebirth, it also kind of gives a hope that even after all this nightmare, we don't know how long it will last, but the rebirth will come sooner or later. It will. It's like a, as if spring comes after winter, after, like every winter or every night finishes with the sunrise. So it kind of, for me, associates also with that idea. Uh, and also that ballet dance, uh, it's not, especially in Ukraine, it's not just about women, actually. It's a lot about children, which I know may be very strange to hear for people in many different countries like what do you mean children ballet dance what it's not appropriate or is it appropriate like there are many questions there are many things but the reality in ukraine like not even dis discussing in general the principle of ballet dance and children but just talking about realities how it is in ukraine there are actually very many children uh, involved in ballet dance and by ballet dance i mean not only oriental style but also folkloric styles of middle east because their teachers usually uh instruct and teach all together there is no separation oh go to ballet dance class or go to middle eastern folklore class it's like one class and teacher decides like okay this month we are learning this choreography and this month we are learning another choreography and they will be mixed one time then the drum solo another time Saidi, Egyptian folklore, then Saidi, mm -hmm. something like that. But uh, children are very much involved because, first of all, there is a culture of parents uh, bringing children to some activities. And ballet dance became surprisingly one of them, which is very, very popular. If you go to ballet dance festival in Ukraine, which is also another topic, mm -hmm. how many of those ballet dance festivals are typically are in Ukraine, not talking maybe about COVID or obviously currently like war uh, times, but in normal times, there will be at least one big festival somewhere in Ukraine every weekend. And by big, I mean like couple hundreds of participants yeah. at least. And very often there will be more than one on the same weekend in the, if not in the, same city but in the close by cities which is obviously like very easily accessible we have train stations in ukraine like, everyone goes like it's like families who are have uh, who are involved or have one participant involved ballet dance their weekends is basically traveling around ukraine for competitions workshops festivals etc but when you go to those festivals you actually will be surprised that majority of participants are kids mm -hmm big majority if not it's 
at least half people yeah, at so each festival yeah. will be children but usually it's even more there will be like i don't know 10 20 percent of adults somewhere in the evening when the full day starting from 8 a.m where non-stop performances of children and each performance is like two minutes long if lucky <laughs> so you can imagine how many of those performances uh within one day and sometimes festivals are two three days in a row so children are very much involved in ballet dance and again by ballet dance i mean not only oriental style and it's a whole culture and the whole field of how teachers and judges and the competitions they pay attention what is appropriate for kids what is not appropriate even a request for costumes like what is, is it okay to have a split on the skirt or not or what makeup to put for kids and obviously like which kind of dances do and kids are very much involved in folkloric studying yeah. folklore of different regions um, of central asia middle east um, all those related uh, countries and cultures and so this book is kind of symbolic like a ballet dance photography book supporting women and children suffered from war in ukraine but it has like a double meaning to me like mm. why it's not only because of like ventry or rebirth or ballet dance etc but it's also actually because of ballet dance so yeah. closely and uh, on that point about like uh, children doing ballet children i mean like i don't know from six years old sometimes like a little girl like can only move and they're like dress as princesses and go do their like uh, competitions and festivals and uh, there's a whole community for that and as yana said it's massive in ukraine like i mean probably not compared to i don't know like odd, like ballet or other other categories i don't know but it's it it well it's unique around the world in the sense that i've never seen uh, so many uh, not only children then all the way to teenagers and then adults and uh, but to me it hit hard also like in terms of uh, even as you said like the the text that i wrote in the preface of the book um i like speaking really from the heart like uh to um the things that came to my mind because literally just a couple weeks uh before the 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 war started i was playing at this uh, festivals in uh, in odessa i played in kiev i played in uh, kremenchuk in like in so many places around um, around ukraine in these festivals and i remember playing there for like three four hours like playing arabic drums like the darbuka for all these uh, dancers and um, they really take it super seriously and it's so cool to see like uh, people really getting into the the art form uh, and they it really like one of the things whenever we were I was walking a couple days before the we decided to leave and I was looking at all this uh, park kid parks around the streets in, in Ukraine that's something that they have all over the country that is very cool like uh, this to me it seemed it sounded like my childhood in the 80s uh, like you have like these uh, little parks and then you see the kids even today even with computers phones and all these things trying to steal your time and making you see it um, kids playing around uh, after school going on top of things and doing all that and I remember walking and I had that experience walking through different cities in Ukraine and then and I thought, oh, so cool, like the kids are having that uh, like wild experience of not being supervised by their parents like 100% of the time. And at the same time, I was when we were deciding to leave Odessa and I saw these kids, I saw this dad with a little girl and I was like, damn it, like if this war starts, what will happen to these children? That really got to me. And uh, as I said, like I had this experience of like going and teaching um to this like little kids and they're really eager to learn and then oh there's this foreign drummer coming to to teach and i really took time to to like to 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 teach them and sometimes they want to have like their mothers and fathers bring them to like a private classes because they really want to have uh, an experience of playing like a little bit longer with the drummer and um it was uh, i even got like this uh one little girl like wrote me a little note like it's it's and uh she would come and always hug me like whenever she saw me it's like very cute and um 
that made not only like for my connection to so many like friends and artists and uh, uh, our family in Ukraine and his parents, um, of course, that is something that makes the war really real. Uh, but at the same time, it makes it like when you have this uh, experience with kids and they're just children, um, and uh, even maybe, maybe even should mention that you gave uh, one uh, like charity class, uh, and it was like cr crazy because via Zoom, and then this dancer in Ukraine decided maybe you can talk a little bit more about, mm -hmm. but just to finish off this um, this idea, like they are having regular regular quote-unquote like via zoom when they can classes in um, hearing sirens have been bomb shelters being in basements it's seven or eight million kids displaced besides all the people that left ukraine which are the refugees uh it's about 10 percent of the population you still have about 40 million people there and of those is about seven million that are kids and all those kids what what are they doing like it's they have this their life completely um, destroyed and that's uh, something that I think about every day like all those kids uh, there's one little girl that I even mentioned in the book that she like speaks a bunch of languages plays violin so cute like a belly dancer and when I was doing uh, as soon as we arrived to Kiev we did one workshop with um, uh, Julia Farid that is a uh, like world known renowned like a ballet dancer from Ukraine and that building where we shot the like where we did the workshops there was like people from all over the world that came to learn and also there were kids from Ukraine that were having classes and I was doing some complicated rhythms and the adults were not catching sometimes they caught the simple ones but then it was like this very let's say somewhat obscure rhythm and then I remember the girl's face like, oh, that, that, okay, this is that one. Like, and um, like really into the, the art form. And uh, in a way, like what you were talking about, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate for, for kids. Like the caricature of belly dance in the West, to me, it's a uh, shame. And we try to change uh, what that is. And uh, it's such a deep, beautiful dance form that goes way beyond sensuality or eticism or whatever that. It's like a deeply human um expression and in that sense it has that beauty of having like children and uh, adults discovering that and discovering different cultures is very much part of our like at least my mandate in life of mixing cultures and so that's why one of the reasons why it's so beautiful but those kids now they're they have their lives interrupted and when they're lucky they're just having this problem of having classes in subway stations and uh, all that kind of stuff yeah. but you were able to do like one cool uh, charity workshop to uh, well, yeah here. i also remember that uh, uh, event with julia farid and those uh, few girls uh, including the one you're mentioning also sitting there and i remember the atmosphere and the energy of uh, uh, event and it's mostly was actually international students who came there and i remember back then was it which year was it? I think 2015 or 16. Did this event happen? With Julia Farid. Uh, no, it was when we moved to uh, Ukraine. So 2019. So 2019 and I, rem yes. I remember after event, we went, of course, as a dance community to hang out somewhere, some restaurant, dinner, etc. And I remember one of the topics that we were bringing up uh, I remember like as organizers, there's Julia there was there and a couple other Ukrainian organizers and they were asking people like, oh, please share that Ukraine, it's okay and safe to, to come. Even back then, there was so many stereotypes and struggles on, oh, is it okay to come to Ukraine or not? Because the war actually started back then. It didn't start yeah, it on... It started in 2014. Yeah, yeah, it started in 2014. Um, but I just realized like back then how we were talking like, oh, like most of the Ukraine, part of the biggest part of the Ukraine was completely safe to go. And even when we were leaving Odessa a few months ago, like it was still not believed until the last moment. Like, no, no, we, we were trying to persuade ourselves like, OK, let's make full of ourselves going out as a precaution that nothing will happen. Like it was it was a lot of tension. Uh, and it was a last minute decision for us uh, to go, but it was that vibe and it was very heartbreaking uh, a month ago 
to see photos of that building, that mm -hmm. center where Julia was organizing an actual annual event. Like we participated once yeah. uh, as a guest teachers, but she was doing their annual, very special event, not even festival. It was, it was I don't a know, retreat, retreat oh, intensive, yeah. however, but it was different energy there. And the building is completely destroyed. Yeah. Like it's gone. Uh, and seeing the photos and I saw, I was like, ah, oh, I remember that fountain. We were walking. Oh, we even stopped to have that chat with that person there. It's very different to see just some destructions somewhere like, oh, you know, the war. And then see, oh, this is happening in these places which you visited and you have memories with. Uh, and the most, but the most, uh, striking heartbreaking is to see talking about children uh, it's not only about interruption of their regular lifestyle which will influence them dramatically in the long term for them to grow up and raise and to have this trauma already trauma at whichever age they are right now even if it may not show up you know like vividly somehow but the the event itself as a war is a trauma but even worse, how many, not only deaths, but really bad things, like I will just call and talk about this, like raping situations yeah. with kids on purpose, even, and the absurd is that most of those news, they are not coming on international news. That's not what right now people are talking. And I understand it's like already three months, many people are tired. Oh, it's not a hot news for newspapers, especially for international. It's not anymore like, you know, tabloids and uh, the most interesting things. Oh, war in Ukraine is not new, not new anymore. So obviously media will be searching for what sparks attention to their uh, sources too. It's just absurd to see the contrast between cruelty, little cruelty, what is actually done by occupants to to children, to even toddlers, and uh, to see this contrast between this cruelty and the uh, purity of uh, kids' curiosity and uh, wanting to learn and wanting to just live and experience something and enjoy and uh, the class that you were mentioning earlier like even the whole idea of that project that i was participating the in the class just to to make sure it's uh, this charity class you gave that's what uh, i was about uh, to explain uh, mm -hmm. uh it was basically created right almost from the beginning of war because obviously all classes in person were stopped and most online were stopped too because people were worrying about safety, there is a constant air sirens, which is still happening in Ukraine. Um, everyone was afraid of attacks, so whenever you hear air siren, people go to bomb shelters. Uh, and obviously no regular classes were held, and also a lot of people lost their work, I mean adults. Uh, uh, so they were screwed financially, a lot of people also donated, a lot of people started helping friends, families who suffered uh, right away. So a lot of parents uh, lost, even if there was opportunity to, uh, for children to attend classes, many parents also lost possibility to pay for those classes. So there were a couple organizers in Ukraine including uh, Natalia Goncharova, who later joined this project, but with whom I communicated, that they put together a project, uh, Dance with the Stars, uh, Dance with Stars Ukraine, and they were just offering free classes to all Ukrainian dancers. Uh, so absolutely, it was open for everyone. But again, vast majority was children. And it was very important for students, for children, to keep at least some grain of uh, normality in their life uh, at least not to to fall apart completely and uh, it was in the beginning like everyday classes then they switched to a uh, schedule a few times per week and then now i think they are taking a pause or uh, closing the project because people have differently adjusted already within these three months to lifestyle it's a different thing now going on but it's uh, 
regardless is it continuous or not it's a beautiful was idea beautiful project and is still uh, and it was teachers who were coming there to just donate their time it was not paid anything like that and the children or Ukrainian dancers any Ukrainian dancers could just uh, um, join the zoom class and get some training and some uh, inspiration from dance uh, for free and it was also open for non for for non-Ukrainian dancers, for foreigners, uh, with donations, and all those donations were forwarded to uh, um, people in need. Uh, specifically, I remember from my workshop, it was not really the project was not even created as a fundraising event mm -hmm. in the first place. It was a side effect, or like after thought later, it was originally created literally to support Ukrainian dancers who want to continue learning and to want to have like something to keep their morale and their mindset a little bit up and um, more on a creative note uh, but afterwards it was added this element okay maybe we can through this raise some money and during my workshop then i was uh, given this class there was a couple of people that i'm very very thankful for members of the Dance class for our students who also supported and joined and i know even some people were messaging like oh i i'm not able to actually join the zoom the live because of difference in time zone but i just want to support and it, it was a lot and when i mentioned also to organizers like oh i'm not sure like all this like it was just a couple of people but like even them actually will be during zoom they were so impressed organizers that is someone who actually willing to help and support and it was only like 15 dollar donation it's not nothing like crazy anything like that but it meant so much and i know that at the end we raised uh, just like about hundred dollars which on international level i know for different countries hundred dollars is a different hundred dollars and i totally understand we lived in different countries too and we understand this totally but on the international level i think also many people will agree that 100 dollars is not really much but uh natalia organizes she personally uh decided to she basically contacted organizers who were uh, managing people like local refugees from mariupol uh if for whatever reason you don't know what is Mariupol and why is it important right now to talk about Mariupol, just Google it. It's the city basically destroyed by Russians. Still, we don't know how many people actually died. Some say that it's about 22,000 and probably even more. And uh, most likely we will not know exact number at all for what Russian occupation is doing right now in Mariupol and how they are taking all, let's say, means to actually figure out who died who 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 disappeared etc but in any way uh, there are people who managed to escape mariupol to survive and escape and they uh, some of the part of those people arrived to zaporizhia which is another city where uh, natalia this organizer uh, is specifically based and through some coordinators she got in contact with one family who exactly escaped mariupol basically people without nothing uh, just their lives and maybe documents if lucky uh, and uh, it's family with three kids including toddler and uh, she decided to do addressed uh, help specifically for the, this family and uh, the amount of stuff they were able to get for that hundred dollars for kids uh, for this basic necessity of uh, kids uh, hygiene products uh, um, food for toddlers uh, a couple little like sweets and fruits and like some toys for a little bit more adult uh, mm -hmm. uh, kids and in general it was incredible they were barely able to fit everything in the back of the car and the thing how much it meant to family it was uh, just incredible and that really switched my like of course we always talk about oh no donation is a small donation etc but seeing the real effect of just from a couple people gathering funds and it's a hundred dollars and how much it actually can mean to someone who literally lost everything yeah and how much it can help and bring at least some hope for people that okay 
they will figure out somehow with help with everything but they're not left completely alone that yeah. that means a lot yeah and also like uh, i guess i don't know if maybe it's a uh, uh, something from the the times where we live in and uh, the mindset that we have when we uh, now we are aware of these let's say worldwide problems with consequences to billions of people and all that so sometimes we get a little bit overwhelmed and because we're so separated in our day-to-day -day lives we don't know losing that sense it's so cliche to say but it's like losing that sense of community of who we help who is our friends who are our family who are the people that um before you would go let's say a small town local church people go and do like food like um like uh, kitchen soup uh, 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 like food delivery for 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 people in need and all that stuff so there are um ways that people used to be more in touch with uh, charity I guess and uh, today there is uh, a lot of people that think oh this should be the work of the government or big institutions to to do work or um people saying oh everybody should fend for themselves like that kind of stuff in the just to finish off uh -huh. this point and uh, we the, I'm just making the point that a little bit of uh, like sometimes uh, like the ten dollars that you give to through a person you know makes a difference in the sense of like let's say um you know this dancer and this dancer know this person that is literally on the news mariupol this city coastal city that is being destroyed by by by, by russia because they can't take it over uh and then um i mean that was the the case then and then all these people displaced and then okay we know this family you can go and help these people mm -hmm. right so it's um there are ways where in our own lives we can look through the the people that need help and we can go and help directly and to your point like yeah like no a small contribution especially in this like a hundred bucks we know we live in ukraine how much you can actually like get for that um for that price and also this idea that you're saying about the hope right it's like oh someone somewhere cared and sometimes even that hope that care and i think that's one of the cool things that even though there are problems of course with media coverage and all that and and even some comments we receive sometimes of people that have no uh, uh, sense of decency like about people that are being struck by war um to go with political views but it's one of those things that we can make uh, a difference there is a way for all of us to 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 help and if it's a small thing will make a, a huge difference in in people's lives and that's what uh we have to to start i also think it's not even that much about like distancing of course it makes a huge difference when it's something strike you somewhat closely your family friends or your country or it's somewhere else and it's not that people think oh it's a task of government center i think actually majority of people have a very good intention and they do have a willingness to help and, and they care but for many people they thought oh when i have enough money yeah i'll do it when i'll get a little bit better like financially then i will really start doing so there is this intention but there is this like block of like oh i need to say make more money etc and here is a very simple example of how sometimes even 10 bucks like there was also a very popular post uh, circulating uh, social media again this is example of ukraine but this actually applies to absolutely any cause uh, whatever like matters to you whatever caught your attention and historically whenever you will be watching this uh, episode mm -hmm. later maybe in the in time but in, especially in the uh, example of ukraine it was shown like oh this is ten dollars donation how many medical basic but so essential special for the wartime supplies you can get how many uh those uh, syringes yeah like uh syringes yeah syringes <laughs> learning english on the fly uh, or how many band-aids band or uh this liquid to let's say clean the wounds something very very important and essential and how much on ten dollars like the packs the boxes of this stuff uh that can be done so it's just ten dollars and it's not like huge it's not thousand it's not 
millions or anything like that it's just ten dollars but they make actually save someone little life that someone will have those supplies mm. to cover the wound on time and the same can be not necessarily with the war but with uh uh like water supplies or food supplies like it's not making help doesn't really cost that much and yeah. especially because there are many different ways like you can of course send donations directly to organizations to any organization but you can also build in this fundraising and donation uh, mindset into your lifestyle for instance uh, like there's so in the dance area again there are so many workshops there were uh, in order to gather funds for fundraising so okay as a dance student you are taking workshop you can for instance take this workshop so you're learning you're still spending money on what you want on the learning but this money also will contribute some bigger cost or like the items like book why it's also so important and so symbolic right now like this is not just you know donation this is a piece a thing that can bring you inspiration or it can serve as a gift for someone uh, or just as a like you know reminder it's an item that you can use uh, for something but through it you can also uh, support and help some cause and I know this is not a new idea and many companies start building this in their like systems like oh you buy one thing and then part of it goes to donation so it's a different uh, mindset but it was also this current events uh, current and recent events were very uh, powerful reminder that um, making some difference and in this case there is no such thing as a small difference it's a different like it may be small on the scale of the huge problem but it can be huge on the scale of one person who actually received that help and that's why like making difference and making this help uh it's not about how much money you receive or you how much money you earn it's it doesn't really need to cost that much so if you're someone who is uh, have this in, like you know impulse um, and the good intention inside you don't let this block you and get the weights even like uh, like that project for instance another example you can always find things how to help and how to donate because it's not only about donating money it's sometimes about donating time like as a teacher who everyone who participated in this project that I just talked we were not necessarily like paying or sending donations you were just donating your time to support uh, dancers who wanted to learn and who didn't have ability to do it and were uh, struggling with other like emotional things and also use your work to promote event and hopefully to gather donations from other participants so there are many different ways on how mm -hmm. to do it yeah and uh, for us like now i think it's 102 days Three. Today, three already yeah so 103 days since the invasion started so it's this uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon i mean hopefully it will but uh, it doesn't seem that way so one of the things that we were thinking was uh, and coming back to say we've traveled our original plans we wanted to let's say we we had the plans to go to like egypt uzbekistan and a couple other places and uh, right now it was like we're not in that mood of celebration and exploration that it's like oh okay let's go see the cool stuff in uzbekistan and learn music and dance and culture and share with the world yes the mission still exists it's still important um bringing like cultures together all the stuff that we are into um but it's like our mindset is in that contrast, as Yana said, like we see this news every day of horrible things happening mm -hmm. in Ukraine. And then by proxy, you also get more aware of other things that happen in other parts of the world too. Living in Brazil here, for example, like one of the things that I get reminded every day is like we're living at this very nice, like small beach town and we literally have the ocean right in front of us. Uh, at the same time, there is like sometimes comes like a dude here and he asks for um, scraps of metal or thing recyclables that he can go and sell or people like one night one guy came and he asked for some food 
And like, of course, I'm going to give food to a person that asked me for food. And then there is like this misery all over the world and how um, not only the context of Ukraine, but how can we elevate ourselves to try to make our day to day life? Not necessarily about that, because that's a personal decision, but how can you have your life be something that can actually help people? And you have that sort of like an automated cruise control at some point and then do little changes. Like I know, for example, my parents, they have a couple of, um, for years now, a couple of institutions that they help every month um, financially because they are retired. They can help that way. Um, Some other people, they go into, let's say, creating businesses that create things that people can use. So it's not necessarily just about the charity. It's about bringing value to the world Mm -hmm. in general, however you can. And that applies for, let's say, a mother that is making food for all these people. And then in Ukraine, you see so many examples of this, of people, they stop, okay, what can I do? I don't have money, but I I know how to make bread. I know how to make uh, pilmeni. I know how to make whatever. So they stay day in and day out doing those kinds of things. And those are the unspoken heroes on these uh, things because without the people in the ground, no money. Money doesn't necessarily appear in places. Money is an agent to help. So if you start thinking of that in a way of like, money is not our only form of agency, right? It's like, what can we do? And all the ripple effects that will happen through that. And I think this idea that you were talking about, oh, we'll help when it's... Um, and this is... Uh, it's not me sound like a pitch to go help go help but it's more us thinking through mm-hmm. those uh, those processes and then i think especially for artists even the way that i said it if i go back and re-listen and you think it's like it's only 600 bucks or it's only this it's only that there's a lot of ego involved because you you attach a lot of your worth to the monetary f- uh, uh, amount that is uh, that is able to be funded and that is something that is very interesting uh, to that is a trap right that it makes you not want to do things unless it's the perfect version of whatever your ego thinks and how much of that applies to all aspects of life so i think that's an important point to mention and i think we should mention too like in terms of practical things that are small but hopefully useful uh that for you mentioned the yana dance club if people are new to the to the show um Jan and I created this uh, platform that is called, it's called the Jan Dance Club. There's online teaching that has uh, ballet dance, folkloric dances, and we have members all over the world that join it, like you pay like a monthly fee and uh, you join and you learn. And um, that has been uh, uninterrupted, of course, throughout the, the, um, the pandemic, the pandemic too, but throughout the, uh, the war. The war. And uh, one of the things that you came up with the idea that we implemented uh, these days as the end of the scholarship. So I think we should mention that. Yeah, it was another also idea because, of course, the first impulse three months ago, then everything started, it was like donate, like financial donations to this or that organization, like uh, spread awareness about this or this organization. But at some point, like, uh, okay, uh, it hits also the limits of, okay, how much each individual person can right away like donate etc and for everyone it will be different uh, level and from month to month it's still something going on completely but um, ongoing but we start also thinking about okay what else can we do like with uh, we have a lot of let's say compared to some people we have a lot of possibilities compared to some people we have very limited possibilities so within our like limits what we can do and one of the ideas that also came on my mind is uh, uh, given not necessarily like direct financial uh, opportunity but through some products some kind of support and our main product is obviously a teaching platform Yanadens Club at least this point of our life and knowing again uh, something that i talked in the beginning of our episode knowing the importance of learning and dance for so many children in ukraine uh, we decided to give a scholarship then scholarship a free access for the full year to kids who does not like it's the first time that we are doing it and i really didn't want to make it in a you know, like open call submission, uh, like um, send your applications or anything like that. I didn't want to, really didn't want to transform it into a context, into contest. a contest. And knowing the uh, 
competition culture in Ukraine. I was like, let's not go into that, at least right now. Like, was it for better or for worse? I don't know. But it's just like, as a first step, let's just uh, avoid that route for now. So I start reaching. And also, because I'm currently uh, highlighting something almost from the beginning of the war, I also started highlighting Ukrainian dance teachers via my platform who are able who resumed at some point and still are able to give online classes and specifically to um, foreign students because my social media is mostly foreign students like I work uh, and created in US Canada and Europe yeah English-based all all my platforms so my audience is typically foreigners and I was thinking how for teachers who lost uh, their studios uh, some were literally lost their houses equipments uh, either destroyed or were like robbed uh, during all this time how can i help maybe spreading awareness uh, highlighting them and i still do this so but i have a lot of communication with those teachers too so not only on social media but sometimes messaging and uh, i decided to go through that route so i started Wait, reaching out to teachers to ask about their students no but uh, just to finish off the, the what you were saying because i don't think it was clear that you created a page right away with uh, highlighting ukrainian dancers right yeah to, i with... highlight on social media yeah. and i gather page, it's, yeah. it's the same page with a bunch of links for donation organizations but also it has uh, like a uh, mini profiles of ukrainian teachers and I keep adding them there too uh, on a regular basis because uh, some teachers I discover some teachers do not teach right now but then resume with time uh, so I literally update every one two weeks adding new new names there and if you want to check them out it's at yanadance.com uh, slash uh, support dash ukraine and I know, like, I already received some uh, messages from uh, my followers, also my students, that they found the mentors uh, for themselves, and they are now so happy because uh, to work on some specific topic, on some style, or to order choreography, just to have a private class. And uh, they discovered a lot of new artists uh, through that resource. So I highly recommend to it, yanadance.com slash support-ukraine. Uh, but I also start reaching to, to those teachers asking, uh, okay, who do you know about among your students? And for me, it was not only about financial loss. Of course, one of the criteria was like, oh, if their family lost houses, because that's quite a lot of people these days, they lost all means for survival. Uh, so that was one of the, let's say, not criteria, but like, if you know someone, let me know. Uh, but also f uh, asking about kids who are really, regardless of all the struggles, like really push and try to keep learning and they are really like craving this uh, continuing training, ballet dance. Uh, I know some kids really grew up very quickly in these few months and start even themselves trying yeah. to organize fundraising events to help their families and 12, help. 13 year old girls like saying, oh, I'll do a, a live class on Instagram to yeah. raise funds for children in Ukraine. And the girl is 12, 13. So. Yeah. So uh, it was not like any one criteria. It was more like intuitively, but also based on trust to Ukrainian dance teachers. Uh, some I knew before all the events, some I just also discovered and start talking and following each other during these few months, but more like on a trust-based whoever they recommend me, on top of whom I already like saw and noticed and knew. And uh, so far we have already opened uh, four scholarships, so kids yeah. have access. It's also for them a challenge, but hopefully good educational challenge also to learn English, which is yeah. a useful skill for, I mean, all of them have basic English. It's not the kids that completely don't know any of the language, but uh, to improve, I would say, it's a good challenge, education challenge for them to improve uh, English in a dance setting, something that they like, something that they want to follow, but then also listen and uh, 
me and some other guest teachers like yeah. in in an English uh, setting so far we have opened already four and uh, there are a couple more right now in the process of communicating with families for like registration etc but many also families don't really have a regular internet connection so it's yeah. going on but the process started and for me it was very important as a first step like perfect or, or not perfect but yeah, important so, what we did it. <laughs> but just to sum up this idea, then it's basically with the Yana Dance Club, we decided to, Yana suggested the idea of uh, uh, getting these uh, selected dancers with different criteria in Ukraine. So just to sum up this uh, idea that, uh, that you were talking about, uh, like the process of coming up with. So for the Yana Dance Club, for the, for the platform, we're going to open uh, throughout time uh, these um, open access for like a full year, let's say, scholarship for uh, dancers from Ukraine, like usually kids, that uh, will have the chance to interact, learn from, from Yana, from all the guest teachers, and interact with the, the community there too. And um, for them to, like, a as you said, like be able to, to maybe that will make a difference in their, in, in their learning. It's, uh, it's not like it's somewhat accessible we're making it very like in generally the yana dance club very cheap for the amount of content that there is for um um like a western uh point of like um uh socioeconomic like situation but for ukraine is very uh it would be considered very expensive so then having this uh, scholarship is a great first step like i think you had a great idea i think it's very cool and in a way for us is a way to start incorporating this kinds of things because as you said the war is probably not going to have not going to stop so soon unfortunately and even if it does that's the other thing that i just wanted to maybe to, to finish off like i think it's kind of useful um so again just to finish off this idea so if you want to check out Yana Dance club and uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, you can go check it out. Uh, but just know that uh, for us, we're trying to incorporate in our lives ways to help people for now in Ukraine, eventually other places too. And um, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention that I think uh, when we tried to record an episode, is something that we talked about, but I think I had a better um, way of framing it because we were super lost on what to do over this past few months like i barely was able to put the book together and then record stuff and do like uh, edits and all the work that we need to do and uh, as i said we were sort of aimless in terms of like i don't want to go to egypt right now and work on like cool projects just for the sake of cool projects uh, even though there's nothing wrong with that it's just not in me yep. to do it but um one of the things that i thought um as I was revisiting a couple of things, like I mentioned, the um, I have this notebook that I have a list of things to that I would like to do. That whenever I get in a rut, you go um, and I looked into that, and it's small and big uh, things, and you go through them, and then it just sets your mind for you to remind the things that inspired you, and even for you to see, okay, this is, I already solved this urge some other way. Uh, but one of the things that I, that I want an exercise that I was thinking that I think applies to everybody that is um, could be useful. It's like, okay, let's say that you can't, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that or I want to do this or I wish the world was different so I could do the thing that I wanted, right? Which is probably the least uh, useful way of thinking about things. But one of the things that I, uh, um, I started thinking is like, okay, let's say the war stops right now. What would I be able to do both in terms of helping and in terms of, let's say, my actual work, life mission, and all those things. And then the other is, and then write those things down. And then what would I do if the war continues? Oh, mm -hmm. I would have to do this, 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 and this. There will be things that are the same. So you can do those, you know? Like, so that's sort of like, and that realization came after I thought, okay, would I be doing this, this, and this if there was no war? Yes. Would I be doing this, this, and this if there was no war? This, no, but this, yes. So that's the focus for now. It's like when you don't have a horizon of like a year, if you're like every day, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Um, what can you do with the current horizon that you have, right? So, um, and they, those horizons will be different for different people at different times. So... Um, Anyway, that's one useful thing. And the other thing that I would recommend people to take a look at is just remember to take a look at David Allen's Getting Things Done 
There is a book, there is audiobooks, go check it out. Very useful uh, book for when you're stuck. And especially when you are like in, um, in that mindset of, oh, damn it, my world has just changed, right? And uh, like, how can you consider what is true right now? And what are the next steps in, the, in that current environment? It's a very useful and, um, well, miraculously useful thing, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely also right now more on the like tactic day to day or like, you know, a week, like, okay, this task uh, needs to be done, etc. Like trying to figure out the idea because all my long term thinking, even I catch myself that they're still related to the fact that there is no war. Right. So they're still old and I don't know if in reality, in life, I'll be able to come to them back or they will have to be like natural or not natural, like I don't know how the process rethought and uh, if reality completely changes for sure and like non-coming uh, non back, let's say. Uh, so we'll see. But for me, it's still like also figuring out. But I guess that will be like, you know, the topic yeah, of another episode. Another it's a long discussion. Yeah. Too. So um, I hope you found this interesting. Again, I am Pedro Bonato. This is Jana Komarnitska. This Do is Artist Date. Don't forget uh, to I check the book. Yeah, <laughs> it's here. Yeah. So I'm, again, I'm very like proud of the, not proud, that's not a word. Um, I'm very happy that I was like this actually came into existence in this area. It's not just a project. Um, it's very cool. Um, it, will give, it gives us a chance to talk to different, uh, find out about different um, um, organizations. We're basically, we were at some point, I felt I was shopping for charities. So in a way, like, it's like, oh, there's this institution that does this work. There's this institution that does that work. And in a way, um, this is again, it's a, a subject for a different uh, place, but uh, like, it's sort of like, oh, let the government do this, oh, let them do it. It's like, no, 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 I, I can help somehow, like a small thing. So we have this. We even had an issue with one of the institutions that we we're thinking of uh, giving, we're not going to name it, but um, that uh, I tried to give a certain amount of money, and then there was like a conversion problem, and then suddenly it was like way more. And uh, they were not very nice on the, when we tried to contact them to talk about this problem. So we decided, no, let's go to vetted institutions. There's Save the Children Foundation that is very cool, doing very cool work. Um, there are a couple other ones that I know are very cool. Uh, um, we're going to see for next month who we're going to give money to. But there is Caritas that is doing work in Poland and in Ukraine that is very interesting. And again, like for us, we'll probably at some point also give some of the funds directly to people like you, like, um, that we know that will need help or like, okay, I know that this money will go to this person, that they will go to the supermarket and grab these things and bring to, to people. And that's valid. Like, uh, you don't need to optimize every single dollar because in terms of dollar amount to each institution, it's one way that people think, which is good. But as long as it's not being scammed, going to places to people that are not supposed to get the money, like it happened to some charities all around the world, including the US, including recently in the news. Uh, but um, we're trying our best to create uh, things. This is a cool book. You can go to pedrobonato.com and uh, slash Ventri and check it out. And just because you mentioned like this pro problem and why this, this episode was a bit postponed uh, too, uh, unfortunately we faced the problem of how much Ukraine is still not integrated in the international payment system unfortunately and one simple thing one simple transaction can create a lot of it was the whole issues, yeah. set of issues there uh, but one thing that here i will add for people uh don't let that stop you believing in donations and organizations and specific about ukraine if you decide to go and choose ukrainian organization that works on the ground and you want to send those money to them if you have opportunity to use PayPal, go with that option. It will save you a lot of potential headache. Not As opposed to a credit card, yes. because the credit card payment systems from Ukraine, it's not like Stripe, it's not like uh, other, they are... It's a multiple step systems yeah, and somewhere it, it, there will be problems and, and uh, potentially, we, yeah, possibly. And, yeah. and I mentioned this, it's like, it's not necessarily that people have like, uh, um, scam in their minds uh, it's more like 
the system is not set up, there are laws, yeah. there is like all sorts of uh, problems. Uh, so use PayPal for that if you can. You can also donate crypto to a bunch of places. Yeah. But and uh, to finish off on the book, because I know there are many people who already got the book and they mm. will be watching this episode. So one thing that you can still help and we would really appreciate if you can share something about this book maybe your favorite photo or some thoughts or maybe you got inspired something to that so if you can keep sharing stuff about the book and spreading awareness or maybe get like as a gift for someone or just literally sharing which doesn't on social media which doesn't cost anything uh and it doesn't need to be necessarily about war it can be literally about book as a I'll be curious piece to of know. art too get but, some feedback but that will help to spread awareness and more people will discover and maybe they get interested in a book itself or maybe they will get interested in helping through the through through this book so that's really would be uh, nice and helpful and uh, I'm sure we'll be very happy both you and me to to see to what got inspired you and what, what yeah, you and see. thanks to everyone that actually got the book it means a lot it's I uh, hope you enjoy it it was joy of call of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and don't forget to check it at pedrobonata.com slash ventry. All links will be in the show notes to this episode. Just the same as the link I, I kept mentioning, yanadance.com uh, slash support dash Ukraine. You can check it out and yanadanceclub.com. Yeah. And if you have uh, questions, comments or anything, like as always, like you can just reach out to us on social media. And until next time, this has been Artist Date.